<clears throat> Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year to everybody at home. Happy New Year to everybody here. It is wonderful to see you all in 2021. Now, our circumstances in the beginning of this year isn't one that is as clear-cut as they have been in New Year's past. And while we look hopeful in the future, what we see for 2021 so far is uncertainty, is apprehension, is concern, is a little bit of fear, just a little bit of the unknown as we look forward. Most, if not all, of these things are connected with this pandemic. So for this morning, as we are reminded of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ during communion, as we are reminded of our eternal hope that we have secured in Christ, as we are reminded of God's sovereign rule over all there is, I thought that today, let's look at a passage as an encouragement for the coming new year. And so I'm going to ask Nick to come on back and he is going to read to us today's passage, which if you have your Bibles at home, if you have your Bibles here, Psalm 144. So Psalm 144, and Nick's going to come forward and read that passage for us. Psalm 144. Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hand for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, whom I take refuge, subdued people under me. Lord, what are human beings that you care for them, mere mortals that you think of them? They are like a breath, their days are like a fleeting shadow. Part your heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. Send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Shoot your arrows around them. Reach down your hand from on high. Deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hands of foreigners, whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. I will sing a new song to you, my God. On the ten-string lyre, I will make music to you. To the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David. From the deadly sword, deliver me. Rescue me from the hands of foreigners, whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. Then our sons and their youth will be like nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in fields. In our fields, our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of wars, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much for that, Nick. The beauty of the Psalms is that there is a raw honesty and expressed in every song, whether it be of lament, whether it be of repentance whether it be of acknowledgement or appreciation or of praise, these songs, these psalms, are ones that we can all identify with regardless of where we are at in life, regardless of the position that we're in. Thus, with this new year and what we have to look forward to, 
isn't the promise of a virus containment as positive as that may sound. It is not the freedom of a statewide lockdown because that could change at a moment's notice. Nor is our hope even in the promise of a vaccine with all the wonders of medical advancement. For us, as followers of Jesus Christ, as the sons and daughters of God, the first thing we need to do is look forward and be reminded that our God is good. That our God is is great and that our God is gracious. So let's get foundational is what I like to look at this. Let's get foundational as we go through some beautiful truths within this psalm for what I call a New Year's encouragement. A New Year's encouragement. Join me in a word of prayer as we look at the word of God together. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what Nick shared this morning, that with everything that has gone on in the past, you are God. With everything that is taking place now, you are God. And with everything that will take place in the future, you are God. And so we come before you, you, our great God, our great Savior, as our Lord and Master, we come before you and we commit ourselves to you that you will take the work that you have started in each one of our lives and continue to mold it, continue to shape it, continue to develop it, so we might be more like your Son, Jesus Christ. That we might have a vision that views everything taking place around us and the uncertainty of the future from your perspective, to see things from your divine viewpoint, because you are God. So we ask now that you will... Fill our eyes with a vision of the cross. Fill our hearts with love for Jesus. And Father, that we might just fall more in love with you as our great and loving Father. Teach us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, you don't have to go there, but I would encourage you to. If you have your Bibles, you can actually flip a page. Psalms 140 to 143 are all psalms that David writes before he is established as king, before he is actually in this position that he is in now, and and before he takes his rightful place as the anointed of God. For example, as we read in Psalm 140 verse 1, we read this, rescue me. This is while he is on the run. In verse 4, he says, keep me. In verse 6, we read this, I say to the Lord, you are my God. Hear, Lord, my cry for mercy. In Psalm 141, verses 9 and 10, we read this, Keep me safe from the traps set by evildoers, from the snares they have laid for me. Verse 10, let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by in safety. In Psalm 142, David is actually in a cave writing this song. So he's not in comfort, he is in a cave writing the song, and he says this in verse 6. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. 
Psalm 143, verses 3 and 4, we read this. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in the darkness like those among the dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. Now, I don't know how you're feeling with the current restrictions that have taken place, but I'm sure that some of you at home and some of you here may identify with some of this dismay, with some of this crushing, with some of this hardship, with some of this hurt, with some of this desperation and frustration that David is communicating here in these Psalms. Maybe you are experiencing that even now, but this Psalm, Psalm 144 is when David is now set up as king. It is where he can now look back in hindsight and see the hand of God even in those dark times, even in those hard times, even in those difficulties. While he was in a cave, he saw God move. While he was on the run from his father-in-law, he saw God move. While he was actually being chased by so many different situations, whatever it was, he saw God move. Being a man after God's own heart, this psalm is an acknowledgement of the fact that God had placed him there. That God had bestowed upon him ruling authority and positioned him in a place to lead God's people. This is a fact that we should not overlook lightly. It's not a fact that we should discard. Why? Because we, as the people of God, can set such an example too, that over the past year and the hardships that you have experienced, as you look back in hindsight, where can you identify God moving in your life? Where can you identify God teaching you a lesson? Where can you identify God revealing himself to you as you look back at 2020? Where can you identify God then? Because wherever he was then, he is here now. He is with you now. He is moving in you now. He is molding and shaping you now. And the testimony that you have as a trophy of God's grace now is amazing because we have people that we lead. We have people that we are examples to. We can show the reality of God's presence by the way we conduct ourselves even in the darkness that surrounds us right at this moment. We have homes that we lead. We have spouses we can bless. We have children we can influence, friends that we can impact, colleagues that we can connect to. All areas in our lives that God has given to us as gifts to be cherished and appreciated. And like David, how we then in turn can reflect the reality of God's greatness and goodness and graciousness to them by the way we conduct ourselves, by the way we live. And like David recognized the blessing that God is to us. Thus we read in the psalm, the first two verses, which is where I'm going to be spending most of my time this morning. We read this. Praise be to the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress and my stronghold and my deliverer, and my shield, in whom I take refuge, and who subdues peoples under me. 
In these two verses, we see God's involvement, Him working with me. We see His loving fatherhood heart manifest through His securing and delivering of me. And we see His protection revealed in the safety and authority I have because of Him. Thus, we kick things off. We see the involvement of our God. Verse 1. You see, David had gone through some very hard times from early on in his life being the envy of his father-in-law that caused him to go on the run for a number of years and being chased down, whether it be hiding in caves, whether it be hiding in foreign lands, whether it be negotiating with various people, whether it be allying himself with Israel's enemies. This was a very difficult time, and yet even in those times, David Trust in the Lord was manifest. For in this psalm, he looks back in hindsight at what had been and now looks to the Lord for what is going to be. He proclaims, praise be to the Lord, my rock. That with the numerous situations that he found himself in, with all the changes of locations, with all the changes of station and position, praise is where he found himself. Praise to the God that was his foundation. Praise to the God who is his rock. Regardless of what buffeted him, buffeted him, not buffeted him, sorry. What buffeted him, regardless of the hardship that he had and everything that came upon him, he was able to stand for God was his rock. Praise is where he found himself. There is power in praise. Because it is acknowledging the rock of our salvation. So too, as we look at what had been in 2020, like David, let's look to the Lord for what is going to happen in 2021. Let us give praise to the Lord, our rock. Because as we look to the Lord, what does he do? We see that he trains our hands for war and our fingers for battle. This is why there is the involvement of our God. Now I know, for the last two sermons, I've made mention of this point. At the Christmas sermon, I made mention of Philippians 1.6. God's involvement with us. I repeated that again last Sunday when we looked at pressing on. God's involvement with us. And the reason why I see this here is because this is never something that should be overlooked. God is always involved in our lives. Charles Finney... He would preach the same sermon over and over again. I remember sharing this a number of years ago. You've probably all forgotten. But he remember Charles Finney would preach the same sermon over and over again when a church member said, why, why do you always preach the same sermon? Why do you always preach John 3.16? His response, I'm going to keep preaching this until you get it. Until you get it. And this is the same thing, until we get it. God's involvement with us. As he trains us for war, as he trains our fingers for battle, he involves himself directly with us in so many ways, so many ways that we don't recognize or we fail to remember. Firstly, he involved himself by destroying that barrier of sin that separated us from himself and brought us near to himself by the blood of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15 says this, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. How does he involve himself? He involves himself by breaking that barrier that kept us separated from himself. He brought a united people together through the blood of Christ, through the sacrifice on the cross. That's how he involves himself. How else does he involve himself? Secondly, he involved himself by granting us the privilege of becoming his child through faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the salvation of, from sin and forgiveness. Oh, and the forgiveness of sin. Acts 4.12 says what? Salvation is found in no one else, for there was no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13 says this, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. This is God involving himself in you by making you his child. And thirdly, he involved himself by giving us all we need in order to live in the newness of life. We read how we are sealed by his spirit in Ephesians 1.13 and 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. We see that we are, equi we are equipped by his word, Ephesians 6. 17 and, and Hebrews 4 12, 6 17, the sword of the Spirit, and how we, we see how it's, how it's quick and powerful in Hebrews 4 12. We are adorned by His provision, the armor of God in, in Ephesians 6 verses 10 through to 20, and in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4, that our weapons of warfare are not of this world, and that how we are supported by His people, Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 to 16. How there are certain people given to bring, to bring about uh, perfection and growth and maturity within the body of Christ. And that's what Romans 12 verses 15 and 16 refers to. You see, this is how we, as the new year is upon us, have our hands trained for war and our fingers for battle. Is understanding that the Lord has involved himself with us by preparing us for any circumstance, for any obstacle, for any struggle that lays ahead, provided we play our part too by getting prepared, by getting ready. Now, for those who know, I, I used to play touch footy. I was maybe about 20 kilos lighter, and I was a lot faster then. But then, like, I was always the first sub. So whenever we played a game, I would say, first sub. And so I'd be standing on the sideline waiting for the first exchange. Now, you'll notice when you watch any game, actually, if you watch basketball, if you watch touch footy, now rugby union is a 23-man game. You know, they have all the subs that come on. You'll notice the people on the sideline are always ready. They are always ready. They stand there with the boots on. Like, I'm not standing on the sideline waiting to get on the field dressed like this. I'll have my, my touch footy shorts on, my touch footy shirt, my touch footy shoes. I'll have my hat on to protect my, my scalp, and I'll wait. And as soon as I'm called on, Joe, you're on. I'm in. I'm in, and I'm ready to go. 
Same thing plays in rugby. Same thing playing basketball. Watching the boys play basketball and they have their subs. And it's always like, okay, usually when I watch the guys play basketball, they're often fighting, like, who's coming off next? I want to play. They want to get into the game. And usually the five on the court don't want to come off. But you see, this is what it's like. God involves himself with us, yes. He prepares us, yes. But we need to be ready that when the Lord calls on us and says, Mel, you're in, you're saying, yes, Lord, I'm there. When he says, Ali, you're in. You've been called in. Ali goes, yes, Lord, I'm there. We need to ready ourselves by being within the word. We need to be ready in our sides by spending time in prayer. We need to be ready in ourselves by equipping ourselves, adorning ourselves in the armor of God. We need to be prepared. So I guess you could say for the coming year of 2021, even though things are uncertain, while I look at everybody's faces masked, yes, things are uncertain. You know what the Lord says to us as we represent him in these situations? He says, get ready. Get ready. I could call on you at any time to shine as a light. I can call on you at any time to share my love. I can call on you at any time to proclaim my word. I can call on you at any time. And what's crazy is this, is that if, we, if our heads are not in the game, if our heads are not in the game, we don't hear the call. We don't recognize, we might sit there, if our heads aren't in the game, I'm sitting on the sideline talking with Chris. Hey, Chris, how you going, bro? And someone's yelling out, sub, Joe, sub, Joe, sub. You know, and then someone else jumps in and hit at me. Then I miss out on my chance to be a part of what God is doing, part of God's game. That's why he involves himself with us, so that we in turn might be involved with him. So there's your, there's your homework. There's your, your goal for 2021 with looming in heaven. Be ready. Be prepared. Get ready because the Lord will call on you. That's his involvement with us. And, and what I like the reason why he involves himself with us is this next point. The very fatherhood of God. We read this. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer. Now, I, I used the phrase earlier on, let's get foundational. You don't get more foundational than the loving God. You don't get more necessary than the fatherhood of God. You don't get a more important foundational truth than a God who loves me. This, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That is so true. This is the reality. This is the foundational truth that everything that God does and expresses towards us is because he is a father who loves me. He's a father who loves us. Love expressed in his involvement with us as we have just learned, as we heard last week, as we heard on Christmas Day. Love expressed in the giving of his son. Love expressed in the relationships that we have been blessed with. Love expressed in the peace that passes all understanding. Love expressed that we might be called the sons and daughters of God, according to 1 John 3.1. Love expressed so that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In Romans 5.8. Love expressed so that nothing, neither death nor life, Neither angels, nor demons, neither present, nor future, nor any power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 38 and 39. For it is in this love that I am secure, because he is my fortress. 
Now, I don't know if you guys have ever done this. I've done this with the kids just recently. I remember doing this as a kid at home, making forts. Making forts. Making forts out of cushions, making forts and, and just playing games. And, and, and they don't stand up or anything like that. But it was always fun to do this. But this is talking about a literal fort, a fortified place, a fortified city. The word means a large fortified place, a fort or group of forts, often including a town, any place with exceptional security. Any place of exceptional security. It is described as a place whereby a home can exist safely, protected from outside attacks. But whereas an earthly fortress could be overrun by sheer numbers, if I heed the word of the Lord that Jesus used in, in John 15, if I abide in him and he in me, then while the battle may be fierce, I can never, never be overrun. My fortress in Jesus Christ stands sure. I am secure in my fortress. I am secure in my Lord. Because that is in this love that I am secure. Because he is my fortress. It is in this love that I am steadfast. Because he is my stronghold. This is the difference. They are similar. They both portray similar things. A fortress portrays security. A stronghold that what speaks to here speaks to being steadfast. Speaks to being immovable. It is how we, being in the Lord, can never or will never be retreating for he is where we stand. He is in whom we stand whereby we have victory. That's why, that's why he says in Ephesians, finally my brethren, Ephesians 6.10, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. For in his might we never move. In his might we stand strong. In John chapter 10 verse 29, we read about how we are secured in his hand and that no one, no one, and we sing this, no power in hell, no scheme of man shall ever Pluck me from his hand. We are secure. We are steadfast within the very hands of God. Lamentations chapter 3 verses 22 and 23 says this. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So he is my fortress. He is my stronghold. And in this love, I am free, for he is my deliverer. Delivering points to being taken out of and to be placed into something else. Of being delivered from judgment, of being delivered from condemnation, of being delivered from condemnation and judgment and put into his family, being put into his body, the church. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14 says this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We've been taken from one kingdom and placed into his own. 1 Peter chapter 2b 
and 10 says this. It says that you might declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Once we were not God's people, now we are. Once we were not recipients of mercy, now we are recipients of mercy. Such is the love of God expressed in his fatherhood toward us, not only in his salvation by his work on the cross, but also by his current sanctification in us right now, that he is my fortress in whom I abide. He is my stronghold from which I cannot be moved. He is my deliverer by which I am set free. And because of his fatherhood, that he has bestowed upon us, or toward us, should I say, we also receive, the third one, his protection. The protection of God. We read, my shield in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. David writes this because throughout his life up to this point, he has been personally witnessing the abundance of God's protection. This is as he was faithfully about his work. He did so with complete understanding that God was on his side. Do you know that? Do you understand that? Do you realize that God is on your side? That your God is not only involved with you, but his father heart towards you as well expresses that he is your Fortress. He is your stronghold. He is your deliverer. Regardless of anything that is taking place around us right now, he is there on our side. Because when you look at David's life from a shepherd boy that killed a lion and a bear with his, with his, to protect his flock, to the facing off of a giant in 1 Samuel, 7, 2 Samuel, 17, 1 Samuel 17, sorry, and as he ran towards Goliath. To the fleeing of his father-in-law, being a fugitive in his own nation, when all things were out of his control, when all the circumstances were beyond the resources that he had available to him, he knew and understood that God was his ultimate protection. God was his ultimate refuge. That God would enable him to overcome whatever obstacles there are because of God's involvement, because of God's protection in his life. And this is, I think, something that you and I need to get a grasp of personally. We can be so consumed, and I've fallen into this trap. We can be so consumed with us, with difficulties that we are experiencing. It might be in our marriage. It might be as a parent. It might be as a son or as a daughter. It might be friction in relationships at work. We can be so consumed with those things that we lose sight that our God is there with us. We can lose sight that, as God, that our God continually involves himself in those situations and that we need to submit what he desires us to do in obedience to his word and to his heart and to his spirit. And that as we submit to that, see what God does in us and through us in that circumstance. This is what we need to bear in mind as we look at the coming year. Like I was talking with Nick this morning, we have tighter restrictions now. And I'm, I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan, but I understand the necessity of them. 
And I can get so caught up. I can get so caught up with the fact, man, now we've got to wear masks at church. Oh, man, now we've got to do this. Now we've got to do that. Oh, mind you, here's a positive for the mask. You can't smell me. That's good. That's good. You can't smell me. You don't know if I'm wearing deodorant right now because you've got a mask on. Oh, but I, I am, just, just so you know. But do you, do you know what I mean? When Nick and I talk about it, I said, man, we've got to wear masks at church now. You know what I think? Praise God, church is still open. I think, okay, we've got to wear masks at church? Fine. Church is still open. Praise God for that. My brother in Melbourne, hey, Fritz, if you're watching. I mean, they, he didn't, he, they were shut down for so long. Church was closed for so long. He got up to 10 people and it went back just to him again. So praise God that we're like this. Praise God that we only have to wear masks inside and concealed. Like, can you imagine running in a mask? It's terrible. I mean, the only time you need to run in a mask is if you've robbed someone and you've covered your face. But yeah, so we, we need to sort of take our view off, okay, well, this is what's going on, off me and the inconvenience to me. How can I glorify God? How can I see what God is doing? How can I recognize the lessons God is teaching me in each of these situations? That's what we need to be able to recognize. That's how we need to view things. And you see how David views these in hindsight for the rest of the psalm. From verses 5 through to 15, we read this. It'll be up there. Part your heavens, Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains so they smoke. So the involvement that God has in David's life, God said, David cries out, involve yourself in this world. Involve yourself in this circumstance. Come down Touch the mountains so they smoke. Come down and touch the society. And you know how he does that? He does it through you. You are, when, God, when he says, part the heavens, Lord, and come down, he comes down through you. You are to be Jesus Christ through those in your family. You are to be the touch of God's hand and the lives of your work colleagues. You are to be the salt of the earth in the community that is just apprehensive and so scared because of everything that's going on. That's what you are to be. This is describing you're the hands and the feet of God and the lives of those around you. And so he cries out. He says that you've involved yourself with me, Lord. Involve yourself in this world. And this is the prayer I want for us as well. As we look at this coming year, as we look at this coming year, that we will involve ourselves, that we will be the hands and feet and testimony and trophy of God's grace in the community around us. That people will see the reality of Jesus Christ in each of your lives by what you do and by what you say. So that's what he says, verse 6. Send forth lightning and scatter the enemy. Shoot your arrows and rout them. You know what the enemy hates? You know what the enemy doesn't want to see take place within your life? A life that is dependent upon Jesus Christ. He does not want to see you shining as a light for Jesus Christ. He does not want to see that. Eamon Sullivan shared many, many years ago, and I've shared it here as well, that the enemy can't have you anymore because you've been bought by the blood of the Lamb. You've been sealed by His Spirit. The enemy can't have you anymore. So you know what he wants to do? He wants to make you as ineffective as possible. He wants to ruin your testimony. He wants to make you useless. So that when you talk about the love of God, you know, you've got nothing to say. I've seen how you react. That's what he wants to do. 
And so while David says this, and involve yourself in the world, and he says, okay, Lord, use us, use us uh, against the enemy, against the forces that stand against you. Use us to shine as your army. He says, reach down. I'll carry on Sorry, I keep getting distracted. He says, reach down your hand from on high, deliver me and rescue me from the mighty waters, from the hands of foreigners whose mouths are full of lies, whose right hands are deceitful. I will sing a new song to you, my God. On the ten-strength lyre, I will make music to you. To the one who gives victory to kings, who delivers his servant David from the deadly sword, deliver me, rescue me from the hands of foreigners whose mouths... I've read that before, I'm sorry, I got caught up. Verse 12, start from verse 12. Then our sons and their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. Our barns will be filled with every kind of provision. Our sheep will increase by thousands, by tens of thousands in our fields. Our oxen will draw heavy loads. There will be no breaching of walls, no going into captivity, no cry of distress in our streets. Blessed is the people of whom this is true. Blessed is the people whose God is the Lord. Blessed are you whose God is the Lord. Blessed are you as you trust in him. Blessed are you as he brings about his purposes in your life and through you in the lives of others. Now I want you to bear in mind, David did not have it easy. He had difficulty. He was not free of hardship, but it meant in the midst of all of that, David saw God's involvement. David recognized God's father heart. And David had God's protection present about him at all times. So it is with us. So it is with us. This is who we are to be having our eyes on. Psalm 25.15 says this, My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only He will release my feet from the snare. The Lord, who has brought us through a very difficult year, and faithfully involving himself, faithfully providing, faithfully protecting us as his children, is the same God who will see us through this coming year too. And the necessity for us is to hold to the truth that one, his involvement with us is actively shaping and molding us and leading us because two, as a loving father, he is our fortress and our stronghold and our deliverer. And three, because he places us under his protection, the protection of God Almighty. For if God is for us, nothing can stand against us. So, with this new year ahead, let us not be downtrodden looking down. Let us not be heavy-hearted and in despair. Let us look up to our Lord and Saviour. Let us press on for His glory and in His name and let us shine as the lights He has made us to be. So if you'd just like to bow your heads and I'm going to close in prayer and we'll call that a day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you now, we thank you that you are a good, good Father. We thank you for your involvement with us, for your loving Father heart that you manifest toward us in so many ways and, and for the protection because you're a loving Father it's with, uh, that you have placed upon us regardless of the circumstances that we face. Father, we commit this coming year into your hands and that we as your people will get ready.
We will get ready as we spend time in your word. We will get ready as you equip us by your spirit, that we will get ready as we submit to your authority in, in each of our lives so that we might shine as lights, that we might be effective for the kingdom of God. Father, that as you have involved yourself with us, you will involve yourself in the circumstances that we face now. Father, may we be a good representation, a great representation of your love to a world that is full of fear and uncertainty. May we take confidence that you are with us. May we take confidence that you are present. May we take confidence that you are working. So we ask for you to dismiss us now and that with this word that has gone forth, we'll not fall lightly, but rather accomplish that which you please. Father, that it will not return to you void, that you will start to change us from the inside out. And as we look to this coming year, see your name proclaimed, see your, your person, your gospel going forth. Father, in your name exalted. Father, we, we need you. We need you to work your miraculous work. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you very much for that, brothers and sisters. Thank you very much, everybody at home. Have a blessed day, and we'll be seeing you next week.